The year is 1776. The date, October 3rd. King George III addresses Parliament for the first time since the signing of the Declaration of Independence. He goes on to explain how things are not going particularly well, but the Americans had faced a humiliating defeat, and perhaps some had suggested they could be negotiated with to rejoining the British Empire. But one fellow in Parliament chortles to himself, surely the American Continental Congress has no authority? Why, they're not Parliament? They're they are not part of any lordship or nobility? They're just rabble from the colonies. And their word means nothing. Technically, the founding fathers didn't really have any authority. And that's a fact. Many people didn't quite understand how certain individuals were elected or appointed. There were ad hoc committees. And I was reading quite a bit about this as we're going over this breaking news about seven states sending dueling electors to Congress. And of course, I have this article from AZ Central, fake Arizona electors vote for Trump, real Arizona legislators, legislators ask Congress to accept them. Oh, real Arizona legislators ask Congress to accept them. Now, I don't know if that actually will produce any confidence, but the the reason I tell you this uh, little bit of history pertaining to the American Revolution is that some have said, based on how you view the American Revolution, the founding fathers, the Continental Congress, they had no authority. What was their right to come and declare independence? Actually, I was just reading this. I don't know how true this is, but apparently a bunch of loyalists, mostly from New York, signed a declaration of dependence. What happened to their declaration? Was that not legal authority? Apparently not, because government is all about confidence. If the people believe in the system and adhere to it, the system can exist. Government is abstract. There's not a physical thing. I mean, there are buildings, but based on how people feel, things can change. It's no surprise that AZ Central, part of the USA Today network, I believe, it could be wrong, is saying that they're fake electors. Well, they have to. Much like the loyalists said, you have no authority to declare independence. And many people point out that was a perspective. There were people in this now great nation who said, actually, we do for all these reasons. And they were the, the original signers of the Declaration of Independence, my understanding is authorized by their states. To what extent that really is real authorization, it's hard to know for sure. Many people like pointing out right now, as we're looking at seven states sending dueling electors, that, well, some of these states are split between Democrat and Republican. So certainly this can't fly, right? And there's talk, obviously, of, you know, civil war or something that affect. This right here is a map posted by uh, Kyle Becker. And we can see Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, and New Mexico have sent dueling, or, or I should say cast dueling votes. There's one really important factor here, however, as, as many people cite the 1916 election between Nixon and JFK. That's a bit of another bit of history where two slates of electors were sent from Hawaii. Initially, they all thought Nixon won Hawaii. It was three electoral votes. So they certified the results. The governor stamped them and sent them out. But there were still legal challenges pending. Later on, turns out JFK actually won. So they had to send another slate of electoral votes. When it came time to count, Richard Nixon, who was vice president at the time, saw no objections and did not count the initial slate of electors. Many people on the right are saying, see, precedent. That's why they cast the votes. If after some resolution or, say, forensic audit of machines, they discover that Trump actually won some of these states, 
Just like in 1960, they can say, we do have an alternate slate of electors who have cast their votes. Here they are. In that case, just like in 1960, this time with Mike Pence, he can hold up the two votes and say, no objections to getting rid of the Democrat votes, gone, even with the governor's seal. Now, that may be the case, but it's also true that no one signed off on these electors. You call them fake, fine. But that's why I bring up the point about whether or not someone actually has authority. If there are people who stand behind these individuals as electors and say they actually represent me, well, then your problem is confidence. If one day we woke up and every single person in this country said the Constitution was was trash, well, then there wouldn't be one because everyone agreed. Of course, that doesn't happen. Why? Because people do have confidence in the system. Even these liberals and these Democrats who don't like some of these amendments, the ones, the, the, the authoritarian leftists who are anti-free speech, who are anti-Second Amendment. And, and, and I shouldn't say the leftists because leftists actually are kind of pro-Second Amendment. You know, they want guns. But these traditional liberals who are anti-Second Amendment, if they had their way, the Constitution has no authority. Their interpretation of the, sec- of, of, of the Second Amendment is that a well-regulated militia, meaning the government has to allow you, you know, even though they don't quite understand the provision after that, which is the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Anyway, the point is, if that was just it, if they just believed that, well, then nobody would have guns. I mean, take a look at any of these big cities. It clearly states in the Constitution, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It says it. Yet people just agree with the police when the police say no. Why? Confidence. Now, the confidence isn't just that uh, I'm saying they positively view the government, you know, will do things for them. Not saying confidence in, in the sense that they believe in the system, more so that they believe the system exists. It exerts authority and control, and therefore they will abide by its rules. But just like in 1776, and actually the, sub, the, the, the previous years, which were actually part of the Revolutionary War, it was going on for some time at that point, many people had already thought that this control was gone that they were already independent. This is really fascinating stuff. There was a, a, a declaration made about American ports by parliament. And I, I can't remember exactly who I was reading. I was, I was reading a bunch of this stuff. One of the founding fathers said, if they're going to claim that American ships are enemy ships, they've asserted that we are separate from the British Empire. Boom, done. So right now, here's what's happening. Seven states have had sets of electors cast votes for both Biden and Trump. Now, the Biden electors did it all the normal way in the Capitol buildings or the State House buildings, and they got their stamp of approval from the governor. And so the mainstream media is saying, that's the system. That's the one in play. But I'll tell you, if 74 million people don't agree, and I don't know that every single one of Trump's voters doesn't, and his supporters actually say, no, no, we, we, we think Trump's the president. Sorry. Well, then you've got a confidence problem, Right. And what would happen if there was there was this funny CNN article about Trump forming a shadow government that he would go to Mar-a-Lago, the winter White House, as it were, and start acting as though he is still the president? What happens if he does that? And what happens if supporters say Biden isn't? It's entirely possible. Now, I don't know what Trump is going to do, but Trump does not seem like he's going anywhere. He is doing everything in his power to stay in power. And we're actually really close to some crazy phenomenon. Let me tell you. Let me show you something first. We have this story from the Western Journal. Arizona Senate Judiciary Chair is seizing voting machines for forensic audit. We already saw the forensic audit report released in Michigan, uh, in Antrim County, which purported 
that the voting machines have massive error rates intentionally so that someone could then come in and adjudicate the votes, essentially assigning them to whoever they want. The evidence, according to this report, the paper trail of who was doing these adjudications and when they happened had been deleted. And the report states it's very strange because in previous years, the data actually still exists. So you've got 2016 data, but 2020 is gone. It's only been a month. What's going on? Of course, the left is saying this guy is a hack. The guy who did it is, 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 is has no credibility. And he's just a Trump supporter. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. If you've been watching my content long enough, you'll know the point I, I'm, I'm about to make. Confidence is what matters. You can say this guy is wrong. And it's fake news. And then you can high five all your Democrat buddies and claim Joe Biden won. And it doesn't matter. You see, the problem the left has right now is instead of trying to argue for legitimacy and actually bring Trump supporters into the fold, they're telling them to shut up and they're wrong. Now, Trump supporters, hey, that's not an argument to them. They're saying, I don't care. This is what I believe in. End of story. If you have two people who disagree on what the government is or will be, And we've already seen 44 states in dispute, although the Supreme Court kicked that out. Well, then you don't have a functioning system. okay? and that's that's the real challenge here. Now, I bring up this 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 seizing voting machines in Arizona because we may actually now see something similar to what happened in Michigan. The voting machines may come back. There, There could be a forensic report out of Arizona and say the same thing. I think Dominion voting machines are used in like 38 states. Now, I'm not saying I know what what the results will be. I'm not saying anything as to, you know, the, the, the legitimate and legal process by which we choose our electors and all that stuff. I'll tell you this. If everybody was just locked into the mainstream watching CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, I mean, even Newsmax called Joe Biden president elect. If they were just locked into that. Well, then Joe Biden's president. End of story. It's all about confidence. I'll, 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 I'll give you a better example. They say that Joe Biden is president elect. They just keep saying it. But the Constitution clearly says on January 6th, the votes will be counted and the vice president picks them up. Now, people are saying that's just a formality. No, that's literally the constitutional and legal process by which we determine the president elect. Just because confidence was built up in the media over the past several decades or a couple generations, doesn't mean that it's correct. And it doesn't mean it's wrong. I mean, listen, if people don't believe in it, it doesn't work. What is the value of one US dollar? It's a piece of green paper, uh, partly cloth, I believe, in some countries, plastic. But that's all it is. We have confidence that if I take this, I can use it for something I need, much like any other store of value. But what happens when people lose confidence in that? Take a look at Venezuela, garbage bags full of paper that nobody wants. They want American dollars. I mean, even in Cuba, you have like the tourist dollar. Confidence is everything. If I always tell people you hear like, uh, you know, Alex Jones used to be like, buy your gold, people, you know, and things like that. Do you think gold is really going to be valuable if like the apocalypse happens? I'll tell you this. It's not going to be. But people have confidence in gold, so they keep buying it. I'll tell you why it's not going to be, because when it comes down to hard value and survival, real things of value are physically capable of being valuable. So I'll put it this way. Gold has value. It's a a great conductor, by the way. Not the best. I think silver is better. I could be wrong. But look, look at it this way. Let's say the apocalypse happens. You're out in the middle of nowhere and you're you're hungry and you're thirsty 
And there's someone holding a bunch of American dollars saying, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy something off you. You're like, what am I going to do with those dollars, dude? I can't eat that. It's not food. It's not water. It's not going to, I could maybe start a fire with the paper or something. Don't burn money, by the way. No, there's no confidence in that system. It reminds me actually of the video game Fallout, where it's like post-apocalyptic and you can find old American currency that nobody wants. They trade in bottle caps. If you go up to somebody after the apocalypse and they've got a bottle of, uh, I'll tell you this. Let me start over. Let's say you walk up to somebody in the apocalypse and you need something from them. And, you know, you've got gold. And then someone else walks up and they also want, let's, let's say this guy selling bread. You'll say, I will give you one gold for that bread. He's going to be like, what am I going to do with gold? I guess theoretically, if I agree to accept it, someone else might want it. The other guy walks up and says, yo, I got a bottle of water. He's going to be like, give me the water, bro. I'm thirsty. Have some bread. Share with me. We'll have water because that's real value. The water you need to survive. Everything else is just once we've gotten past a certain threshold of survivability, we can put confidence in other things that allow us to facilitate trade. So the U.S. dollar has value because we have confidence in it. That's really it. And that's true for all, all other fiat currencies. You can argue that Bitcoin has value because of, you know, the electricity that it's used to mine it or whatever, but it's really just confidence. So more to the point. Let's get back to the news. Here's what I'm saying. We've got these stories. Wisconsin's 10 electoral college, 10 electoral college votes cast for Biden as GOP pushes alternate slate. Now, see, this is the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and they're just saying an alternate slate. That's all that matters. In Arizona, this is interesting. 54. Actually, do I have? I don't think I have the, the, the tweet pulled up. They say, then came the three page joint resolution of the 54th legislature asking Congress to accept the 11 alternate electoral votes for Trump or to have all electoral votes nullified completely until a full forensic audit can be conducted. This was 22 Republicans and eight Republican, uh, uh, 22 House members and eight members elect. There's 60, 60 people in the Arizona State House. It's not a majority. There was not a session called. So this is not signed off on legitimately, but maybe it doesn't matter because that's why I'm explaining confidence in the system. When I saw that the joint resolution of the 54th legislature was presented, my immediate reaction was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That means that when it comes time to these votes going to Congress, the Republicans in the Senate are going to have to choose. The state legislature sent electors. The governor sent electors. Which one do we pick? Most people believe they'll go with the governor, but they could say, nope, the state legislature has the final say in who the electors are. And if they did not want to hold a session and vote on it, it doesn't matter because these are the ones sent to us by the legislature or legislators. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think uh, it's going to come down to January 6th. And Mike Pence is going to be like, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. Congratulations, Joe Biden wins. I, I really do think so. And I could be wrong. But listen, not only do I have a normalcy bias, like I can't imagine these these rapid changes just happening. Um, they, they, they kind of are in interesting ways, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Now. Uh, you know, the big changes will happen now. The, 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 the falter in the confidence of the of individuals happening now might not be enough to change, you know, anything dramatically. So I have a normalcy bias. OK, and if you look at the past month or so, Trump's legal battles have not been playing out very well. But there is something else that I want to point out first, mentioning that. Uh, so this is the Arizona House of Representatives. They have 60 members, 22 plus eight elect. That's not an, a, you know, a, a majority or a quorum or anything like that. I don't know if anyone will accept it. But seeing that we have seven states who have sent the, these alternate electors. I wonder if there's going to be people who just accept it. And they say, 
I demand. So here's, here's how it plays out on January 6th. You'll have the Senate counting votes and the House counting votes. And then if there's any objections, they'll debate the objections. And then Mike Pence counts the votes. What if the Republicans in the Senate say, I don't care, we want Trump? What if the Democrats in the House say, that's ridiculous, Joe Biden won? Then it goes to Mike Pence to decide which votes to count if the Senate and the House disagree. He then says, neither. What would happen then? As you can see, Biden has 222 solidified electors and Trump has 232. Or, you know, based on the, on the disputed states, there's 84 votes that are theoretically uh, dueling votes. What would happen then is it would go to a House contingent election. Maybe the, well, it might go to the Supreme Court. I think the Supreme Court may kick it back to a contingent election if that were to happen. And that's where state delegations vote. So each state gets one vote and then Trump wins because 29 of the states have Republican legislator, uh, legislatures and Republican delegates or delegations. Trump would win. I don't think that's the case. Sorry, I, I, I just don't. But the bigger the bigger thing that needs to be brought up in, in all of this, especially with the forensic uh, audit now coming through in Arizona. What happens after this? The left hates Joe Biden. And I mean, like leftists, they don't like Joe Biden. Trump supporters don't like Joe Biden. Joe Biden might unify populists. Take a look at what happened. I don't know if you saw what happened in Michigan, but in Michigan, the Republican electors wanted to cast electoral votes in the Capitol building and the police blocked them from entering, saying the electors are here. You can't come in. Yep, that's uh, uh, it's going to be really funny in the future. You know, I, I tell you. Republicans and Trump supporters, I, I should say mostly Trump supporters are already posting things, mocking and belittling police over at uh, the Donald dot win. Our, our Trump supporting friends are now one of the most one of the biggest websites in the country, which is crazy, right? They're like ranked 400 and something, which is huge, made a meme mocking police in Michigan for being, you know, jackboot thugs of the state, essentially. What do you think is going to happen when when you had Donald Trump and the autonomous zone formed in Seattle? The Trump supporters, many of whom didn't live in Seattle, were demanding the president send in the, the, the troops, the invoke insurrection act, send in DHS and shut the autonomous zone down. If they did, several people would not have died. Well, Trump did send in, uh, you know, federal police, but only to protect the federal building. And this is basically in Portland, in Seattle. Nothing really happened. But you still had Trump supporters advocating for Trump to make these moves. What do you think is going to happen in Portland, right? So Portland's got another autonomous zone set up and the police have been forced to retreat. And there's now armed leftist militias controlling this territory. It's like three or four blocks. What do you think is going to happen when Joe Biden's in office? Joe Biden can maybe call for the police. He can maybe call for DHS. Do you think Trump supporters are going to agree with Joe Biden? No, I wouldn't be surprised if the Trump supporters actually start backing Antifa. I know, I know you immediately scoffed and you were like, please, Tim, that's never going to happen. Well, hold on. Hear me out. Supporting Antifa, not in the sense that they're saying, I agree with your ideology and I support your movement or cause necessarily, but supporting them when the governors say things like we're shutting down all these businesses and the police are going to come out and enforce unconstitutional edict. And then Antifa says, not here, not in this territory, the autonomous zone. Then you're going to start seeing a bunch of Republicans being like, I tell you what, if you're violating the Constitution, and they come out and they say, you can't enforce those you know, unconstitutional edicts here. Why would I defend you? 
Right now, there's an eviction going on. That, that, that's what sparked this new autonomous zone. There's an eviction of people. They live in this house. And there's a lot to this story. It's, you know, kind of confusing. But I'll put it this way. I don't care why the family isn't paying their bills. I don't. I don't. Uh, I do lean left on policy issues. I'm not a fan of Antifa at all. And I think the expansion of their autonomous zone is uh, and they're exploiting the circumstances. But hear me out. In this place, we have a covid lockdown. People can't work. The economy is collapsing. And that's the fault of the draconian edict of these governors and these mayors. Now you want to evict someone because they can't pay their bills, bro. Uh, uh-uh. I'm going to sit back and say, nope. Antifa wants to protect that people from being evicted. Blame the governor. Now, I know there's still a negative consequence for the, the, the bank. Sorry, I'm not going to sympathize with the bank. I understand the importance of the functioning economy and system and why we have a system that works this way. But if the government is going to lock everything down and everyone just agrees with it, don't be surprised when people say you are not kicking these people out of their homes. Right now, we're seeing videos of law abiding regular citizens being harassed by by cops and by health agency, you know, individuals. There's a video of a guy where he's filming himself because his door was open. There's another video. Tables are all inside and they're like, you opened your store. And he's like, dude, I complied with your orders. There's no tables, nothing. Too bad. You're getting a misdemeanor charge. Certainly at some point, Antifa is going to be like guarding a house or building. And the Trump supporter is going to be like, yep. I'll put it this way. Me personally, in these big cities, I'm totally on board with defund the police now. I'm, I, I, no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. I'll tell you what. If you live in these cities and you vote for these people and you and, and you 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 vote for the, the, the mayor and, you know, he, he appoints the commissioner or the chief or whatever. At this point, I'm just like, all right, dudes, do your thing in your city. I feel bad for the people in the cities who don't want that. But I've actually said this quite a bit. It's a win win. You know what I mean? If, if, if you live there and you vote for it, I don't see why Republicans got to be mad. Republicans who live in their cities can just vote not to defund police, right? That's the funny thing about all this. Republicans fought hard for the police. Conservatives and Trump supporters did. Defended them. And I think there's a big difference between defending police when they say defund the police, when we're talking about general police work. Sure, giving out tickets and stuff is kind of tedious. But when I have a problem and I call the cops and they come to help me, I like that. When there's a crime and the police investigate and find who the culprit was, I like that. Okay, but when the police are enforcing unconstitutional edict that was never passed by state legislators or law just on emergency powers, well, then the cops are breaking the law. When the police in New York defend the Black Lives Matter mural painted illegally, then they're breaking the law and they're criminals. So I can absolutely praise police who do the hard work of stopping criminals. But when it comes down to these edicts in these big cities, I don't care what you do, New York. That's why I left. OK, if you live in this place and you vote for this stuff, well, you voted for it. Congratulations. You got what you wanted. Now the crime is surging in Minneapolis. Fine. I don't care. But I tell you where we go from here. If Trump says I didn't lose and he keeps saying it, how long until he moves to parlor? And he should he should do it now before it's too late, because Twitter is going to ban him on the 20th. If Joe Biden is sworn in as president and Trump refuses to back down, Trump supporters are going to stay behind Trump. They're not going to go behind Joe Biden. I don't know what the left will do, but I'll tell you this. The far left in, say, Portland declaring an autonomous zone are not going to be the central focus of groups like the Proud Boys after something like this happens. If they're, if, if Trump says I'll be in Florida or Trump supporters are now, you know, guarding their own homes or cities or whatever, 
setting up their own essential autonomous zones because they don't view Joe Biden as legitimate. They're not going to be marching into Portland to try and take territory from Antifa. They're going to be like, hey, hey, do your thing just like we are. That's when the confidence breaks down. The far left already has no confidence in the system, and that's why they're seizing autonomous zones. Now, I tell you, a lot of people look at the autonomous zones. They laugh. They think it's silly. They think it's a joke. You don't get it. You got to go look at the history of these, these civil wars and these revolutions, particularly in, in, in North Africa and the Middle East. I tell you, man, I was in Egypt in the Second Revolution. It was just a few thousand people in Tahrir Square, and they yelled loud enough, long enough that the military came in and removed. Well, there was two revolutions. There was one with Mubarak and then a year later with Morsi. It was just one square. It was, it was a couple city, couple blocks of people jumping and dancing and demanding, you know, revolution. And they got it. So I tell you, when you see Antifa setting up an autonomous zone and the police are forced to retreat and they're armed with rifles and they are putting up barricades and booby traps, a lot of people laugh. But will you be laughing when it expands to 10 square blocks? And then they, what are they going to do? Call the National Guard? <laughs> you think you think anyone's going to support the National Guard at that point? I really doubt it. Maybe, though, maybe when Joe Biden's president, the left, you know, the Democrats in the city will be like, Joe Biden's doing the right thing. Get rid of these extremists. I wonder what will happen then when most conservatives have no support for law enforcement or for the National Guard enforcing these these edict, these edicts, in which case there's going to be, in my opinion, there's a potential for right wing individuals setting up their own autonomous zones, not not in big cities, though. I think what we may end up seeing is like, you know, Joe Biden will say, here's a new law. Everyone's got to do this. And they're going to be like, not here. There's probably going to be like vaccine sanctuaries. No joke. That's kind of kind of crazy, right? What they're already saying in many circumstances, you want to work here, you got to get the vaccine and things like that. I read a funny article, even even the CEO of Pfizer didn't even get the vaccine yet. Uh-huh. That's confidence building. Anyway, listen, come January 6th, there are going to be dueling slates of electors. The Republicans in the Senate probably won't uphold them because you've got people like Murkowski, come on, and, and Manchin. This, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, well, not necessarily that Manchin matters. I don't know. But you've got... Uh, dueling sets of electors, it's probably just going to go, they're going to get shuffled away, and they're going to vote for Joe Biden. But what comes after that? Trump supporters will not regain confidence. And there are prominent high profile individuals in the Republican Party and on the Trump team. Like I mean, and, and like on a Trump train is a better way to put it. They're not going to stop. They're not going to just adhere to Joe Biden, whose, whose son was enriched off his office. We can see through the veil now. We know what these people have been doing in, in, in politics to enrich themselves. So what do you think is going to happen? I think the system will keep on systeming and uh, uh, Pence is going to be like the winner is Joe Biden. But that's going to mean Trump supporters are going to say, nope. But what do they do then? If confidence in the system is shattered and it already is, what happens next? I don't know. Maybe everything goes back to normal. Maybe it doesn't, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Stick around and I will see you all then. The Electoral College has officially cast their votes And the votes were cast for Joe Biden in many of these contested states. And although there are many Republican electors who cast unofficial votes, so they remain on record, everybody seems to be lining up against Donald Trump and for Joe Biden. Mitch McConnell came out today and said Joe Biden is the president-elect. Yesterday, Newsmax, a very pro-Trump TV channel, said Joe Biden will be the future president. And even Geraldo Rivera went on Fox News and said, it's over. Okay. It's not over. 
And I know it's kind of a dumb thing to say, but it's not over because we're humans, we're fallible, and who knows it's going to happen. Sure, there are unofficial votes from Republicans. I don't think Mike Pence will take them seriously. I just don't. But the votes were cast specifically so that in the event one of these election contests or challenges overturns the results, there will be a record of Republican electors. Personally, I don't see this going anywhere, and most people don't. Trump supporters are still holding out that something will happen, and maybe, but it's just my opinion that I don't think that will be the case. However, we are getting this spicy take from the Daily Mail. Brian and Brad will soon be going to jail. Trump demands prison for Georgia's Republican governor and secretary of state as he retweets mock-up of them wearing China masks after they refuse to help him. Now, this certainly isn't the only time Donald Trump has insinuated those who were covering up uh, election uh, alter, you know, fraud or impropriety would face jail time, or even saying those who would certify the votes when there's fraud could be facing jail time. I don't think it's fair to say he's demanding it. Trump just retweeted Lynn Wood, who said, President Trump is a genuinely good man. He does not really like to fire people. I bet he dislikes putting people in jail, especially Republicans. He gave Brian Kemp and George Secretary of State every chance to get it right. They refused. They will soon be going to jail. I really don't think so. OK, <laughs> it's just there's there's few things where I take a hard definitive stance. But come on, man, they're not going to go to jail. Now, they are ramping up the investigations of Trump in New York and in, in several other places. And I wouldn't be surprised once if once Trump is out of office, the state level prosecutors try or district attorneys try going after Donald Trump. Sure. But there are still a few long, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't even call them long shots, just more out there theories from Trump supporters as what may come. Recently, we learned that Bill Barr would be resigning, I believe, just before Christmas. And Jeff Rosen would be coming in as the acting attorney general. That gives Trump just shy of a month to have a new attorney general who may do the things that Bill Barr would not do. Or maybe Bill Barr just couldn't do. I mean, Bill Barr really did help Trump. And if he was in the, the, the Trump administration from the beginning, Trump would have fared much better. I don't think anything is going to play out the way uh, Trump wants it to. But I got to tell you, we're already seeing some towns say no to COVID restrictions and regulation. We're already seeing some people outright say definitively that Trump is their president and they will stand by him no matter what. These people don't just cease to exist. So many people believe that in the next three days, we will get a report likely from Jeff Rosen showing foreign interference in the election. And then Trump will invoke this old executive order. I shouldn't say old, but an executive order he signed in September of 2018, giving him some kind of powers to sanction. Again, none of this seems likely in any capacity. All right. But considering this is at least where we are, let me go over. Let, let, let me let me point something out, actually. OK, the important thing you need to understand. Shout out to my good friend, David Pakman. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not actually enemies or anything with David Pakman. I was just making a joke, but uh, no, David's cool. He has this segment from just two days ago. Caller warns Trump coup could work. At one point, the caller said it has happened in Western civilized countries. And I think this will be important, even though I am telling you basically right now, I see absolutely no likelihood in anything Trump's doing actually su succeeding at this point. I don't see any of these Republican electors casting votes as having any weight. 
It's all about confidence. Okay, and I think one of the biggest problems we see from the left is their unwillingness to accept that Trump has massive uh, a massive loyalist base and confidence. If these electors gain confidence at some point for some reason, Mike Pence could be like, I'm going to count these. He could. It's, it's his choice. Maybe it'll go to Supreme Court, but humans are fallible. Stop pretending like you know what Trump is going to do, because there are many people on the left who have been saying over and over again that you should be worried Trump isn't just backing down. Now, Trump supporters, I guess, are happy Trump's not just backing down. But I do not see this as being over until Donald Trump says goodbye. Because if in the event that Joe Biden is in, you know, we go through the inauguration, it's Joe Biden, it's Kamala Harris. Who knows what Trump might do? Trump could uh, go to like CNN claimed he would set up a shadow government. I think it's all absurd, but far be it from me to make any kind of predictions. Stop ignoring the fact that Trump exists and is fighting. Now, let's read what's going on. I'll give you the breakdown as to what uh, uh, the Daily Mail is saying. And I'll show you some of Trump's tweets about putting people in jail. And I want to show you he does have a new AG. I doubt this person will do anything. But, you know, many Trump supporters have just said Trump on the way out issue some pardons, right? Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. Got a P.O. box. You want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do, share this video. If you like it, if you think I'm rational and reasonable, then please consider sharing this content to help support the channel. But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And let's just read this, read the news. This is a tweet from Lynn Wood. And I think the bigger ramifications of this is not that the Republican governor and secretary of state of Georgia will be going to jail but that the Republicans will absolutely lose control of the Senate. Maybe that's too bold of a statement. Okay, fine. But I don't see the Republicans winning without Trump voters. And if Trump loses and these people do not put everything on the line to try and help Trump win, they're not going to vote Republican. I just don't see it. Unless we go back to like, unless we get like another realignment, there was a weird shift in political ideologies when Trump came in. Because many Trump supporters were not Republicans, they were independents, and a large portion were actually Democrats. But many Republicans fled. Perhaps now, if Trump leaves, many Trump supporters might just say, well, I'd rather have Republicans than Democrats. And then the old school Republicans come back because they didn't like Trump. I just don't see it. Like we saw in 2018, I think that Trump's base will not turn out if his name is not on the ballot. And with people like Linwood and Sidney Powell saying outright that you shouldn't vote for the Republicans— then why would they win? Why would Republicans care? Not only that, there are many prominent Republicans. They were having a rally in D.C. where they said sacrifice the Senate, almost in a kind of accelerationist call where they're basically saying if the Senate goes Democrat, maybe then people will actually snap to attention and do something about these things. But the Republican Party doesn't advocate for conservatives. They just advocate against Democrats for the most part. That means for the longest time, we've seen a shift towards Democrats who are fighting for their causes. And you see Republicans just being like, no, and then eventually Democrats win. Give a shout out to Jimmy Dore, who is currently demanding that progressives threaten to withhold their vote for Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House unless they get a floor vote on Medicare for all. Not because it will win, but because he says, I want to know who opposes this, especially during a pandemic. Jimmy is getting tough. He's pushing on the left and making demands. And it, it may or may not work, but at least he's standing up. And I can say the same thing for Antifa and the far leftists who go out and riot and protest. At least they're making demands. 
What are the Republicans doing? Not a whole lot. They're laying down and they're simultaneously arguing that all these all this, you know, the election and voter fraud and Dominion voting systems, but then demanding people go and vote. Sorry, it's not going to work. Pick a, you know, take a stance, take some action, stand on principle. Otherwise, just get out of the way. Ultimately, then I think these Republicans, they're not going to win because the message is too dejected. We'll see where things go, but let's read more. Donald Trump tweeted tremendous problems being found with voting machines. They are so far off. It's ridiculous. Able to take a landslide victory and reduce it to a tight loss. This is not what the USA is all about. Law enforcement shielding machines do not tamper a crime. Much more to come. Much more to come. What could be coming? Hmm. Donald Trump tweeted this 68% error rate in Michigan voting machines should be by law a tiny percentage of 1%. Did Michigan Secretary of State break the law? Stay tuned. I'm not showing you Trump's tweets to claim they're true or false or make any assessment. I'm showing you them to point out Trump is saying people may have broken the law and may go to jail. And then he's retweeting a tweet where he's like, you know, Linwood says the governor is going to go to jail. Dude, I'm sorry. Maybe I just have a normalcy bias, but I really, really don't see any of that happening. My friends, Mitch McConnell acknowledges Joe Biden's win for the first time. The Electoral College has spoken, saying, quote, many of us hope the presidential election would yield a different result. But our system of government has pro- has, a pro- has processes to determine who will be sworn in on January 20th. The Electoral College has spoken, McConnell said in a floor speech. So today, I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The recognition of Biden's win and subsequently Donald Trump's loss comes 38 days after major networks called the race for Joe Biden. But I think, listen, I'm going fa- to fall to the constitutional process. OK, the left, of course, is going to get mad at me. I don't care. January 6th is when the votes are counted and the president elect is determined. I don't care for media tradition or the opinions of Mitch McConnell. I don't much like the guy anyway. But the Republicans didn't like Trump. They never did. OK, he was an insurgent candidate. They wanted him gone, but they knew they would lose support and lose votes unless they defended him. Well, it worked out really well for the Republicans in the House, and it worked out really well for the state level legislatures because they did tremendous, even though Trump lost. They did tremendously well, even though Trump lost. Coming into this uh, runoff election without Trump, why are they going to uh, a vote? And I'll tell you what the Republicans should have done. The Republicans should be saying right now, Mitch McConnell, when on January 6th, When the votes are counted and tallied by Mike Pence, we will know who the president elect is. You know why? Even if they don't like Trump, the end result would be the runoff coming. I believe it's January 5th. They can say you must fight, fight for Trump. They're counting tomorrow. You need to win this one. Instead, they're like Trump's gone. So then Republicans or I'm sorry, Trump voters have no reason at all, for the most part, to align with Mitch McConnell. Not that I think they like him all that much. But it's not just Mitch. It's also over on Fox News. Geraldo Rivera tells Trump, understand the election is over and pleads with him to leave with dignity to preserve his legacy and prevent further damage, damaging the fabric of our democracy. Look, I'm not I'm not going to tell Trump what, what he should or shouldn't do in terms of, uh, uh, you know, conceding or leaving with dignity. Or anything. I, I don't I don't care about Trump's Trump's integrity or dignity. I don't. I don't much care for Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham or Chuck Schumer. I don't. You know what Trump should do? He should pardon all nonviolent drug offenders after review to make, you know, because sometimes, sometimes people who are violent, they plead down. So uh, pot charges especially. Bye-bye. He should uh, pardon Julian Assange right now. He should pardon Edward Snowden. I'm not the biggest Edward Snowden fan. 
You know, Julian Assange, I think, should absolutely be pardoned because his he was acting in the capacity of a journalist. Edward Snowden is a leaker. OK, somewhat a whistleblower. But for the most part, he just leaked information. There's a difference. It did help. And it proved that there were some uh, high ranking individuals lying to Congress. Yes, Edward Snowden should be pardoned. I say, OK, fine. I lean more towards why not? Those are the actions Trump can take if he wants to leave with dignity and fight on behalf of the people. I can't uh, I, I don't see a path for Trump to actually win, as I said, 50 billion times by now. But he still has his allies over at Breitbart. They mentioned Mo Brooks, quote, Trump won the Electoral College. I can be a part of the Surrender Caucus or I can fight for our country. There are mainstream federal politicians saying that Trump has won. However, there are also mainstream federal politicians saying I'm quitting the Republican Party over this. Rep. Paul Mitchell, I believe of, of Michigan, he is in Michigan's 10th district, has disaffiliated from the Republican Party and requested that he now be recorded as an independent. What we are seeing happen to the Republicans is very similar to what we saw happen with Democrats when the insurgent progressives and Bernie Sanders came in, lost the fight, and then created this internal squabble. We're now seeing something happen similarly with Republicans, because I've covered over and over again all the Democrats who are quitting. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the Democrats who are saying, I'm not a Democrat anymore. I'm going to be a Republican or be independent. Well, here you go. Now, this guy's not joining the Democrats, probably because the Democrats are too far left. I think that's fair to say. But he's certainly leaving the Republican Party because, well, 126 Republicans defended Trump in his challenge on these election on these election results. Now, listen, I'd say something funny. The video I put up yesterday on Facebook about the dueling electors got flagged as false information, even though nothing I said was false. When you have 126 Republicans saying that they are backing Trump's challenge to the election, and then the Republican slate of electors who were not elected still cast their votes, and I point out they don't have the governor's seal of approval, you still might see 126 members of the House vote for the Republican votes. Like I said, the left may say it doesn't matter because those votes are not official, but all that matters is who gets counted and who the Republicans vote for in the Senate and who the Democrats vote for in the House. And as I mentioned time and time again, you've got senators who are not going to be supporting these these, you know, alternate electors, whatever you want to call them. The Republicans are now in trouble. This from Paul Mitchell suggests to me that Perhaps the Republican Party will start breaking apart in some capacity, and they're not going to win in Georgia. Already in Georgia, the question's being asked of Purdue and Loeffler, why should we vote if the election was rigged? They don't really have a good answer, do they? You know what? I don't think Trump supporters care about the Republican Party anyway. I know I certainly don't, and I voted for Trump. Granted, I'm not a MAGA hat wearing, you know, ardent Trump supporter. I just voted for the guy for, you know, a variety of reasons. But let's talk about the I don't know what you want to call it. It's it's not a conspiracy theory. There is this hope, this wish from Trump supporters that in the next three days, his executive order will, you know, will, will produce a report showing foreign interference. I just don't think that's going to happen. But let me show you where we're at so far. So we got news just the other day that Attorney General William Barr resigns. We have an update from this morning. CNN reports. Attorney General William Barr on Monday said he would resign next week, ending a tenure in which the uh, president, Donald Trump, loyalist, carried the administration's law and order message, but ultimately dealt the most credible blow to Trump's unfounded claims that the 2020 election was littered with fraud. His departure departure was announced by the president on Twitter moments after counting in the Electoral College. 
put President-elect Joe Biden over 270 votes needed to formally secure the presidency. Despite escalating tensions between Trump and Barr that had burst recently into public view, the president framed Barr's departure as amicable, quote, just at a very nice meeting with Attorney General Bill Barr at the White House. Our relationship has been a very good one. He has done an outstanding job. As per letter, Bill will be leaving just before Christmas to spend the holidays with his family, Trump tweeted, announcing the news. Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen, an outstanding person, will become acting attorney general. Highly respected Richard Donahue will be taking over the duties of the deputy attorney general. Thank you to all. Can I just give you guys the simple solution here? Trump is expected to be out January 20th. So why would Bill Barr be resigning? Maybe it's not because of some nefarious conspiracy, but because he's not going to stick, stay through to the next administration and he wants to spend Christmas with his family. There sometimes are just really simple reasons for these things. And that's why Trump is saying we had a really nice meeting. Jeff Rosen's probably stepping up just to maintain the duties for the next month or so, and likely nothing is going to happen. The one thing I'll point out is that the, at the state level, they're threatening to prosecute Trump. So maybe Trump just goes all out. But I just don't see it. However, many people have decided to point out some remarks made by Jeff Rosen, who will become the attorney general. Code Monkey Z, very popular right now with many Trump supporters, tweets, soon to be A.G. Rosen recently wrote an essay on foreign influence in U.S. elections. Quote, foreign actors are covertly trying to undermine confidence in our elections. Malign foreign influence efforts in our election has been a perennial problem. In this, posted to justice.gov, remarks as prepared for delivery August 26, 2020, Remarks of Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey A. Rosen on malign foreign influence in U.S. elections presented at Center for Strategic and International Studies. Thank you for hosting me today, et cetera, et cetera. What I want to talk about is malign foreign influence in U.S. elections. And this might surprise some people, but 2020 happens to be a federal election year. I want to start with some good news, which is that our election infrastructure, things like polling places and printed ballots have been well protected. And that protection has improved over the last three years. With regards to the most recent 2018 midterm elections, DHS and DOJ jointly found no evidence that foreign actors had any material impact on the integrity or security of election infrastructure. Likewise, as the Senate Committee on Intelligence has reported, there is no evidence that any vote totals were altered or changed by any foreign actors in 2016. But interference with infrastructure is not our only concern. We are also concerned about another threat known as malign foreign influence. The key word is influence. Much of the time that is disguised propaganda. Other times it is using pressure tactics on influential people. It can also take the form of hacking and disclosing private emails or phone messages. It comes in many different forms, all designed to influence how Americans think about issues and cast their votes. There are good lists on these on the FBI and ODNI websites. He says we cannot escape the reality that the opportunities for foreign for malign foreign influence in our elections are far flung. So it remains a challenge for American uh, for Americans as voters. Now, this is just his statement on pressure campaigns and propaganda. So naturally, there's accusations against Brian Kemp because he met with I believe Brian Kemp met with some Chinese officials and then signed and a couple weeks later brought in the Dominion voting machines that he must be compromised. I do not see Trump invoking any of this stuff and going after any of these people. I know he's saying it, but it's probably just bluster. Confidence is key. And how many people would support the president's efforts in taking these actions? Probably not very many right now. Now, maybe, okay, this report gets released. Take a look at this, this executive order. This is the, the like, 
I didn't want to call it a Hail Mary. I want to call it the bordering on desperate wishes of trying to win the lottery three times while getting struck by lightning three times. Okay, executive order on imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in a U.S. election. They say specifically that Section 1A, not later than 45 days after the conclusion of a U.S. election, the director of national intelligence in consultation with the heads of any other appropriate executive departments and agencies shall conduct an assessment of any information indicating that a foreign government or any person acting as an agent or on behalf of a foreign government has acted with the intent or, uh, or purpose of interfering in that election. The assessment shall identify to the maximum extent ascertainable the nature of any foreign interference and any methods employed to execute it. The person involved and the foreign government or uh, or governments that authorized, directed, sponsored or supported it. The director of national intelligence shall deliver his assessment and appropriate supporting information to the president, the secretary of state, treasury, defense, attorney general and the secretary of homeland security. Within 45 days of receiving the assessment and information described in it uh, in Section 1A of this order, the attorney general and the secretary of homeland security in consultation with the heads of any other appropriate agencies and as appropriate state and local officials shall deliver to the president, the secretary of state, treasury, and secretary of defense, a report evaluating with respect to the U.S. elections that is subject to the assessment described in section 1A. Listen, within 45 days, they will produce an assessment. Within 45 days of receiving the assessment, they will then do another in, you know, assessment or whatever. I look, look, people are claiming that in the next three days, because we're now going to be, you know, we're, we're what, like 40, uh, 42 days out from the election. They think that no later than 45 days, Trump's waiting. He's waiting for the last moment to drop this report for an interference. Boom, discovered. Trump can invoke his powers, martial law, whatever. Come on. It's just not going to happen. OK, and I could be wrong. You know, it's 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 really hard to balance covering these stories and uh, trying to be reasonable, I guess, because the disparate realities between the two sides are growing ever increasingly distant. The left is telling us the electoral vote, even Mitch McConnell, determines everything. The, the counting of the electoral vote determines everything because I don't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks, and I'm going to go by the constitutional process. But seriously, if you think that something's going to happen, I'm sorry, it's wishful thinking. And by all means, you're free to have wishful thinking. You're free to say, Tim, you're wrong. That's fine. I'm not a psychic. But I just, you know, listen, I've been successful in my career because I'm relatively good at being ahead of the market, of making certain predictions. And that's one thing that was told to me when I started doing all this work, covering things on the ground. I was using tech and I was, I was you know, producing things. Techn- uh, I was using te- uh, technology and methodology well past, uh, well, f- you know, uh, ahead of the market to my own detriment in many circumstances because people didn't want to invest in this stuff. Everything I'm doing now, I actually propose to a bunch of big networks. Let's get commentators to do YouTube and here's how you do it. And they didn't listen. So I did it on my own and sure enough, proven success while some of these other companies are now spiraling out of control, losing money or faltering. So I will tell you, I'm not psychic. My predictions aren't always right because in things change, there's many variables. I just sometimes get things right. That's about it. And I oftentimes get things wrong just because Trump has the ability to sanction, you know, due to foreign influence doesn't mean there's going to be a report. Anything's going to come out. Anything's going to change. Okay, Trump right now has the most extreme Hail Mary efforts to try and overturn the election. Unofficial electoral votes probably will just be ignored. But I warn you, and and that's why I point out 
the segment from David Pakman that says Trump coup could work. If you think Trump is just going to turn around and say, you've got me, I've lost, I think you're wrong. And confidence is everything. I can say it 50 million times. Why is it that one set of electors will be considered good and one would be considered bad? It's who you have confidence in and as the actual representative of that state. If the state legislators in the next couple of uh, months or so, or I'm sorry, the next couple of weeks or so, say that, you know what, we do certify these results, then something could change. If Mike Pence just says, I'm going to pick this one because I believe it's correct, then he could do it. He probably gets sued. But people have done crazier things. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it literally won't happen. (laughs) But certainly there are a lot of people who think it will. And so long as they do and they're fighting, you have to recognize that while not every single Trump supporter is on board with what Trump is doing, many people who supported Trump are backing away now. There are fervent supporters who believe in Trump and will never leave his side. But I do think when you see Mitch McConnell, even though I know Mitch McConnell isn't really the, the you know, staunchest of Trump supporters, he just used Trump for what he could get, federal judges. But when you see certain people like, you know, Brian Kemp of Georgia, who did support and vote for Trump, or this rep in Michigan who did vote for Trump, and many other Trump supporters saying, you know, Geraldo Rivera, it's done enough. He is losing the confidence of many of his supporters. He may be left with a large faction of ardent, zealous Trump supporters and regular people who just say they don't care. They'll vote for him again. And, he, you know, they, they still support him. There are a lot of people who are probably just going to say no. They just, they're, they're over it. It's time to move on. And I think that's what's going to happen. You know, uh, Predict It has closed. As my understanding, they've closed the, the presidential uh, election uh, uh, in, in the betting market. Betfair has paid out already. People are upset. Yeah, I think the official president-elect announcement is January 6th, but at this point, likely a formality. Trump has not been able to succeed in any of his challenges. And you got to go back and look at some of these tweets, man, because some of these tweets going back are like on November 7th or no, no, on November like 5th to a Trump supporter saying, you know, in the next few days, we will solidify Trump's victory. And they keep saying it over and over and over again. Some people just want to be told they're going to win no matter what. All right. I don't think that's the case. I do think that we live in a world of human you know, fallibility and uh, human choice. So Trump could absolutely do something crazy and try to stay in power. Maybe the left certainly think thought for years he would do it. Michael Moore said he's not going to leave even if he loses. Well, where are you now, Michael Moore? Are you still are you still coming out, waving your arms there saying it's going to happen? At least, you know, we have a segment from David Pakman where he literally titles it Caller warns Trump coup could work. I think that's the right approach from David Pakman. Skepticism, but recognizing the possibility that Trump just says no. And that's not a statement for or against Trump. I certainly think, you know, with David Pakman's approach, it's a negative assessment of what Trump is doing. But at least he's being honest with people to that extent. Trump, what Trump is doing could work. And if you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to sit back and put my feet up, don't be surprised when somehow something happens. Do I think so? I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm definitely watching to make sure they'll just call it fake news. There were no Republican electors who cast votes, they say, labeling my video on Facebook as false. There were. They're unofficial votes. And like I said, in that video, probably meaningless, but they exist. And even though I may say they're meaningless to the federal government, to the Constitution, maybe they are. To Trump supporters, they're not. And you have Mo Brooks saying, nope, Trump won. You have many Trump supporters saying he's the true winner. 
These Republican elector electors were saying that we are the appropriate and voted for. They, re they, they reject the mainstream narrative. You don't just say those people disappear. It's how you get revolutions. Oh, I know it can't happen here, they say. Go back and look at the history of the, of, the, of the revolution. By what authority did the founding fathers have to say to the crown, you have no rights to this territory? Because these individuals didn't represent even a majority of the people. Sorry, not even the plurality. The plurality of people in the revolution was no, no answer. Leave me alone. A smaller contingent said revolution and an even smaller said no revolution. Interestingly, what happened to the, the loyalists in New York who apparently signed some kind of declaration of dependence? I, I'm not a historian, but I was reading something about that. I'm telling you, okay, we all make assumptions about what is and what will be. But if enough Trump supporters just keep bucking the system and rejecting it, you can't pretend like they don't exist and they're not going to listen to you. It's already starting to happen in that small town in Washington where they said your laws don't apply here. And it's certainly happening among the left in Portland and in Seattle where they set up autonomous zones saying your laws don't apply here. Maybe it just ends there. Maybe it's fun and silly. Or maybe it really could happen here. Pay attention. I think it is a 99.999% likelihood Joe Biden becomes president, Kamala Harris is vice president, and we get Obama years all over again and we move on. And the Republicans keep on rolling over and doing nothing. And Mitch McConnell does nothing. And the Democrats keep fighting for their causes. And we slowly inch towards more leftism over time, as we have you know, so far in the past. But it's crazy days. It's crazy times. So we'll see how things play out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight, 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Check it out. We will be live hanging out with some friends, talking about some of this news. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you then again, youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Today, Mitch McConnell acknowledged that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have won. Newsmax, the Trump supporting right wing network, also acknowledged that due to the votes cast in the Electoral College, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would now be president and vice president elect. And the question I've brought up over and over again is how does the right respond to something like this if they don't view Joe Biden as legitimate? Well, Mitch McConnell coming out making the statement is probably a good thing. A lot of Republicans will probably just say, sure, fine, whatever. Newsmax saying the same thing. You'll probably get a lot of Trump supporters saying, OK, well, I guess fine, whatever. Over on Reddit at r slash conservative, many of these conservatives are saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up, go to work and carry on with my life. And so be it. The same thing keeps churning. And it's probably why conservatives tend to lose. The left goes around smashing things up and seizing territory while the right goes, oh, gee, gosh, darn it. I guess I'll go to bed and wake up and go to work and just live under a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris administration. But something interesting is happening now. Trump supporters are different, I guess. I'm not sure Newsmax coming out and saying Joe Biden won is going to change anyone's minds, although many people are now mocking Newsmax or mocking Trump supporters, claiming that Newsmax's compromise is a joke. We're seeing something rather interesting, actually. The town that doesn't believe in COVID, off-the-rails mayor of tiny Washington community, keeps open its 30 businesses as locals pack bars, refuse masks, and claim lockdown is utter nonsense. A town with a population of 759 in the 2010 census says it's unfair to restrict its 30 businesses, claiming the state will not give him data on local infections. We saw something similar over in uh, Belmar, New Jersey. Atlas Jim, since the beginning of the lockdowns, has been resisting. Now, this is what I'm effectively calling an autonomous zone. And I'm 
doing that to kind of make a point. When you have Joe Biden as president and Stuart Rhodes, the uh, I believe he's the founder of the Oath Keepers, the largest militia in this country, right wing militia, saying the people who voted for Trump, they're not going to recognize Joe Biden as a, as a legitimate president and they're going to re- regard anything coming out of his mouth as illegitimate. Then how long until right wing individuals start saying our town is not subject to your laws? The left has been doing this forever from the DEA, from from drug enforcement laws to immigration laws. We've only started seeing this sort of, you know, I don't want to pretend like I know everything about history, but for the most part in my lifetime, the idea of sanctuary jurisdictions is relatively new. It started with Virginia. Maybe there were some other issues. But when they started banning guns or tried to, a bunch of sheriffs in a bunch of counties were like, nope, this is a 2A sanctuary and we're not going to be enforcing that law. Here's my prediction. What they're doing in the media and what they're saying in Congress is not going to change the minds of the diehard Trump base. Regular Americans, normies, left or right, are probably just going to be like, I don't want to fight. Just give me pizza and beer and, you know, I'll carry on with my life. But on the far left, They've already been declaring autonomous zones in Portland right now. They've surrounded, you know, three or four block radius and they've taken over this area, pushed cops out. They set up booby traps and they're armed. It's very, very different from what we're seeing with this small town where they're saying we're not doing the lockdown. Sorry, but there's a reason why I think these individuals aren't getting armed, sort of. They probably already are armed, but aren't like patrolling militias and declaring an autonomous zone. It's a rural town. It's small. There's way more people here and businesses than the autonomous zone in Portland where the far left is. But the far left is trying to set up an autonomous zone for different reasons. And they're trying to do it in the heart of, you know, mainstream liberal establishment in this city in Portland. So naturally, there are substantial resources to shut them down and an interest in doing so. When it comes to this small town, why would the governor or anyone in the state actually care all that much? Now, maybe they need to make sure they, they crush this before this idea spreads and more and more towns start saying no to COVID restrictions. Or maybe they just don't care about what 759 people think. I'm sure it's maybe bigger or smaller now. It's a 10-year-old census. Uh, so it could be very, very different. But this is exactly what I think we're going to see more of. And I think it's going to expand. And with Joe Biden becoming president, presumably, um, as I've said, I think it's the odds of Trump pulling this off. It's astronomical. It's not going to happen. But it could. It could. You know, lightning can strike three times. We'll see. Trump supporters are certainly hopeful. But even Mitch McConnell and Newsmax now saying it. I'll tell you what I think. People are going to look at the, the, you know, Joe Biden and say no. Fauci is going to be working with Biden, Biden, Dr. Osterholm is, Bill Gates. They're going to be saying more lockdown. They're already talking about lockdowns going into 2022. Maybe we'll get some normalcy in seven or eight months. And they think that conservatives who don't view Biden as legitimate are going to be like, okay, I don't know what to expect. I can tell you conservatives do tend to just roll over very easily. But something's different now because the Proud Boys are very different. They're not rolling over. They went around stomping Antifa in D.C. I criticized it. They were stealing Black Lives Matter banners and burning them. Don't steal other people's property and destroy it. But they're giving Antifa back what Antifa has been dishing out. And Antifa can't take it. They're crying about it. The Proud Boys show show that among conservatives, or whatever you want to call it, the populist right, they're not just going to roll over and take it. But I think it'll be a lot like the far left. You know, Antifa gets some kind of tacit protection support and agreement from the mainstream left. 
But the mainstream left isn't typically engaging in Antifa-like activities with all black and, you know, uh, and, and clubs and stuff. But they do. Well, they don't criticize it. They support it passively. I think we'll see the same thing with the Proud Boys. A ton of conservatives love the Proud Boys, but they don't go around like the Proud Boys. And so we're going to start seeing more I guess, right-wing style autonomous zones, it'll look different just because, like I pointed out, it's rural versus urban. But this story right here about this town, there was an event organized by Patriot Prayer, which has some overlap or affiliation with the Proud Boys. They're not the same group. And that just goes to show the right-wing groups are going to start doing similar things to left-wing groups, albeit in different ways. But there you go. The important thing to know about this small town, it was going to be destroyed, completely crushed. You see, the COVID lockdown probably already is on track to destroy the small town because the town relies on tourism to survive. If everything's locked down, people are told they can't go out and these businesses get closed. Tourism season never happens. The money dries up. And if they can't run their it's like a berry festival or something, then what's left? Nothing. A ghost town. So it's interesting. I don't know where people can be expected to move to. But when you see the lockdowns in these big cities, people flee. But what about towns like this? Here's what let's read the story and see what's going on with this organized by Patriot Prayer. But we got more breaking news, too. The BBC is reporting a new covid strain. And because of this, the UK is planning a like tier three. I guess that's like the most severe lockdown. New York has said they expect uh, a possible total shutdown. And Fauci and Gates and all these experts are saying 2022, baby. You think people are going to last another year and a half or longer? Or do you think they're going to start setting up checkpoints in front of their town saying, no, get out. We are not going to just sit here and starve to death. That's what apparently they want to happen. Here's the news from the Daily Mail. They say hundreds of people have attended a freedom rally in a small town in Washington on Saturday after its mayor refused to enforce the state's COVID restrictions on businesses citing the constitutional rights of small town America. Large crowds joined the Patriot Prayer organized rally in Mossy Rock, a rural community in Lewis County between Seattle and Portland, with maskless protesters waving flags and chanting against government oppression. Attendees, most from out of town, were encouraged to spend money in local restaurants, which were packed with people not wearing masks in defiance of state restrictions. It came after the town unexpectedly voted last month to ignore Washington Governor Jay Inslee's statewide business restrictions to stop the spread of the coronavirus. There you go. A legitimate and legal autonomous zone. Inslee's restrictions prohibit restaurants, bars and gyms from offering indoor services and setting capacity restrictions on retail stores. The rules apply to all Washington counties until January 4th. Businesses that don't comply could be hit with fines totaling thousands of dollars. Let me let me let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you a story. Okay. You know, when I was younger, I remember talking to some of my friends, you know, I'm like a teenager, maybe like 14, 15. And I'd be like, hey, do you guys want to go skate? We're going to go skateboarding, you know, at Vidim. That Vidim was the name of the park. And I'd have, have I'd hear a friend say like, no, I can't. I'm grounded. And I was like, what does that mean? You're grounded. Like, what? I know. I know what the definition is. And they're like, well, I, I can't go out. I'm like, why? My parents grounded me. And so I can't go out. What would happen if you did go out? I'd get grounded even longer. Okay. And then what would happen if you still then went out? Well, then I'd be grounded forever. I'm like, okay, do you, do you not follow the logic? They can keep saying you're grounded, but if you can keep just going out, then saying you're grounded doesn't do anything. I guess they can take your stuff or lock your door or something weird, but they, they can't really do that. The point is, if all they can do is issue fines, 
But you're going to be broke anyway and destitute. You might as well just say no, right? I'm not necessarily advocating for what they're doing. That's the point. Why would any of these business owners care about fines when they're like, well, I'm going to lose my business and go into debt because of, you know, my, uh, I'm, I'm going to fail to pay off my debts, the loans we take out for this business. So screw it. What's the point? One way or another, I'm going to lose everything and, and be fined ma- and, and be in massive debt. Why not just continue operating? And it seems like that's what they're saying. Now, if you look at the gym in New Jersey, Atlas Gym, I think they have over like a million dollars in fines. What, do you, what are they going to do? What are you going to do? They already took their business license away. They don't care. They're just going to keep doing it. At a certain point, you've lost all leverage. At a certain point, when you threaten someone's livelihood and say, you won't feed your family, you will lose your home, they're going to say, then do what you must because you've taken everything else. And that's what I was talking about when I, when I mentioned the quote from Ulysses S. Grant in the past couple of days. And I want to reiterate, it's very, very, it's, it's an incredible statement from Ulysses S. Grant. He says, when someone feels that they are being oppressed by their government, it is their right to essentially invoke revolution. Just keep in mind that those that do are putting at stake their property, their life, and their guarantees as a citizen. Well, here's where it's interesting. If you've already threatened their property, threatened their life, and they have no guarantees as a citizen, you've made the choice for them. And that's why these towns are saying, we don't care. It's either we, you, you, you take everything from us or we lose everything. What's the difference? You forced them into this position. They're going to say, Mayor Randall Sasser signed an ordinance saying businesses could stay open in defiance of the state mandates, claiming state officials refused to give him data about the number of cases in the town, which is a population of 800. Quote, they have issued the numbers by commissioner's district, but not by zip code. And currently in Mossy Rock, in our 98564 zip code, there is no information that states there is any cases whatsoever within our zip code of COVID or any deaths related to it. He told the Daily Mail that District 3 of Lewis County, which encompasses Mossy Rock and has a population of around 23,000, has around 80 cases since March. Local critics of Sasser have raised concerns about the ordinance and the maskless rally with one business owner saying the mayor has gone slightly off the rails. Really? Isn't that a crazy thing to say? Now, you can argue that what he's doing is wrong, but off the rails? Do you think you're just going to sit there and cross your fingers the state will provide? I mean, that's ridiculous. They'll provide to their constituents, but not some rural Oregon town that probably votes Republican. They got a Confederate flag here and they're in Oregon. That I find amazing. They say Mossy Rock's 30 businesses are largely dependent on several annual events, drawing tourists. An annual blueberry festival, which was canceled in, canceled in August, usually attracts 5,000 to the town. Saturday's protest, where most attendees were seen without masks, was organized by out-of-state far-right group Patriot Prayer. Out-of-state? Come on. It's, it's, it's the region, right? Mayor Sasser said the town welcomed the protest, but did not organize it. He told the Daily Mail, The governor has overstepped his powers and has no right to shut, our, shut down our livelihoods. Everybody has the right to wear or not wear a mask. It comes back to our constitutional rights to be able to do what we want to do and protect the rights of small town America. Can I just pause and say, this is what I've predicted, okay? People need to understand that when I make a prediction, it's not because I just pulled an idea out of thin air. It's because something happened and I'm like, we'll get more of that. So when I say something like it feels like we're on track for a civil war, I'm not saying out of the thi- out of, you know, out of nowhere, just I just think something's going to happen. 
I don't know the probability. I don't know what it'll look like. Maybe it's a cold civil war, whatever. But I'm basing it all off just other opinions and other people's statements and seeing states line up against each other and reject the results or dispute them. We'll see what happens on January 6th if Republicans object to the votes or if the alternate electors get any play whatsoever in the government. If the federal government, if Mike Pence, if the, if the uh, Congress don't care about these alternate electoral votes coming from seven states, what happens if regular people, 74 million, just view those as legitimate? It doesn't matter what you think is formal or official. It matters where the confidence lies. My response was that if people feel that they're not being represented and they feel that the government is illegitimate, they will start forming autonomous like zones. I said this just this morning. They'll start forming autonomous like zones where it'll be not too dissimilar from Antifa. And they'll probably say, we don't care. Antifa, that's somewhere else. This is our town. This is what we need. They'll set up checkpoints or they'll just tell these federal officers or agents and National Guard or whatever, get out. You aren't you're not welcome here. That's how you get hot civil conduct of some sort. But it's not it's not the same as, you know, a lot of people are, are too convinced that the past repeats itself identically and we might get something new. You know, at a certain point, we had the first civil war in the world, right? What was it? Maybe like some tribe was like got too big and then two people fought and there was you call it a civil war or whatever. There was a first time for these concepts and maybe we will get something else. Maybe you can call it balkanization, which also had a first time where the term was coined the Balkan Wars and things like that. Maybe we don't have an overt civil war. We just have factionalizing or uh, fractionalizing of this country into multiple different states that stop cooperating with each other. I don't know. But I can tell you, if the government is viewed as illegitimate because they're destroying everything and regular people say, we're not going to we're not going to play this game, then there's no confidence in government. Why would they even bother paying taxes at this point if they don't think the government is legitimate and it's only existing to hurt them? This is what I think may occur. When you see things like this, this town has said your orders are irrelevant. Okay. Why just these? Why not any other law? Maybe the Second Amendment. Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. How long until someone says the, the laws passed by this governor or government are illegitimate because they violate the Constitution and they shall not be enforced? What happens when, when we see that? Because we already saw it in Virginia. What happens when we start seeing it in parts of New York? where parts of New York actually have tons of Republicans and, you know, are out there in, in I don't want to say uh, uh, wilderness, but rural areas. What happens when people just say your laws are meaningless, you can't enforce them, and this is how you get it? I'll tell you, if you came out and passed a law that said something fairly reasonable, like people weren't willing to fight against it, like, okay, we're only banning bump stocks. Most people are going to roll their eyes. Some people are going to keep their bump stocks. Some people will give them up. Some people will be angry, but most people won't do anything. What about when you attack the livelihood of people and say you can't work, you can't you know, make your own money? Well, now you've opened the door to, for them to say that's illegitimate. You've knocked over the first domino, probably one of the most important, attacking someone's life, liberty and pursuit of happiness, putting them in a position where they have to choose between suffering under you or, you know, fighting with you about it. Well, then people are probably going to choose to fight to survive. People don't well, many people might just roll over. But people will fight to survive. If they start challenging you on the on the the big issue, their life, their right to life, then they're going to start challenging on everything else. You've opened the door for them to start questioning. Why should I adhere to any of these rules? That's what we're basically seeing here now. They say Patriot Prayer, a pro-Trump organization which is affiliated with the Proud Boys, set up the event following the town's defiance vote last month. 
we can see all these photos, people just eating in restaurants like normal. Nachos, Mexican restaurant. I love that. Up in, uh, you know, is, this, is in Oregon, I'm pretty sure. Washington, sorry, Washington. And Patriot Prayer, I believe, is from Oregon. Organizer Joey Gibson said the group is anti-government, the, 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 the group is anti-government oppression and that the enemy is the government, the people at the top who are literally trying to put their boots on our necks. Some Patriot Prayer demonstrators have become violent, including a 2017 rally. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Do you think that uh, if the Proud Boys or Patriot Prayer start declaring, you know, these areas to be in, in defiance or exempt from these lockdowns, start fighting with cops. Do you think Antifa is going to come to the defense of the police? I don't. I think if they tried sending in state police, shut this down and Proud Boys started saying no and resisting like an actual autonomous zone the way they've done, they're going to be like, good, do it more. And that's when the weird, the weird things arise. But this could eventually lead to hot conflict between the far left and the right. Many normal people, like I said, will do nothing. But when the government loses legitimacy and then territory starts being claimed by individuals of particular ideology, what happens when those two meet? I don't know, but there's three factions right now. There's the government, there's the left, and there's the right. And it seems like both the right and the left are rather upset with government right now. Antifa isn't going to be singing the praises of Joe Biden. They're using him. They've said in many, many posts online, it's easier to overthrow a feeble old man than a fascist. They want Joe Biden in office so that when they stage their autonomous zone, they have no resistance. Trump was the avatar of his base. And so his base was saying, shut these people down. Now that Trump is expected to leave, why would any Trump supporter defend the police in Portland? They're not gonna. And when Joe Biden says, we got to shut this down, Trump supporters are going to be like, don't care. Don't live there. That's on you, Biden. I didn't vote for you and you don't represent me. This is the breakdown, the factionalizing of this of, of this state, uh, of this country. Now, what do you think happens when we get stories like this from October? Masks and social distancing likely until 2022. Bill Gates recently saying COVID could still be a risk in 2022 and they could still have an impact. It'll be closer to, closer to normal until the end of next summer. So like a year, basically a year of all this. There'll be nothing left in New York right now. Restaurant workers and owners are holding massive rallies and protesting. <laughs> it don't matter. So long as you have oath breakers, people who are willing to violate their oath of the Constitution, it's done. Something Michael Malice brought up in the IRL podcast. He said every cop is a criminal because every cop every day willingly enforces unconstitutional law. I wouldn't go as far, you know, as Michael on that one, because to say every cop doesn't, it's just absolutely not true. First of all, lots of cops have quit and refused to enforce certain laws. And there are many areas where you have police officers, smaller towns who won't enforce unconstitutional law in these big cities, however. Oh, yeah, the NYPD should be called the Oathbreaker Department. These cops, it's just it's just it's the money. It's the job. It's the political establishment. They're the Praetorian Guard for Bill de Blasio's unconstitutional edict when he steals taxpayer money to paint uh, slogans on the ground. But so what? Why, you know what? I, I'll ask some conservatives. Why, why at this point? Why would you defend any of these cops in these blue cities? It's something I've asked earlier in the year, too. The left complains about all this stuff, you know, Black Lives Matter, and they, they complain about racism. Bro, those are in your cities where you vote for Democrats who empower these cops. If you got a problem, maybe you need a different kind of government or something. And I think they probably agree. 
I don't think defunding the police is the answer in big cities. But you know what? I don't live there anymore. I moved out specifically because because of these problems. And I'd rather be responsible for myself at this point. So I'll tell you what. If the left wants to defund the police, you're not going to see any resistance from me at this point. I don't live there. And you know what? Maybe it's about time Republicans maybe proposed universal gun laws. If Barack Obama wants to have uh, the, the individual mandate where you have to buy health insurance, perhaps Republicans, again, Michael Malice brought this up, perhaps Republicans should propose that everyone should legally have to buy a gun. See, that doesn't happen, though. The right never advocates for this. Like I said, they tend to just roll over. You look at Mitch McConnell, he's like, Donald Trump is not the president. They're not going to fight for Trump. They're not going to fight for what they believe in. They're going to fight for the establishment. They're going to roll over on their backs, exposing their soft underbelly to the Democrats and say, please just do whatever you want. And they will. I'll tell you one thing. You can complain about the left for their authoritarian behavior. You can complain about their bad ideas and the armed militias taking over parts of their cities. And I'll tell you this. At least they've got balls. They may be whiny. They may be complainy. But I tell you this, a whiny 25 year old scrawny, gaunt, upper middle class white guy wearing a black mask who's having a temper tantrum has more gall and balls than many of these conservatives who are like, oh, shucks, guess I'm just going to go home and do nothing. Like people like Mitch McConnell. I can certainly disagree with Antifa. I can certainly claim that they're kind of weak and pathetic, but at least they're willing to go out and put on masks in defiance of, of law and fight for what they believe in, even if they are lunatics. Now, I'm in favor of nonviolence and peace and just making things work and function and, and carrying on, allowing people to live peacefully. I'm in favor of making sure everyone has access to civil rights and equality of opportunity. But we're at a certain point now where people are starting to lose it, starting to fight. And the Proud Boy types and, and, and the Trump supporters, they're not these conservatives. So you can say the same thing about when I, when I talk about the left and their temper tantrums and whatever, but at least they have balls. Well, most traditional liberals won't do anything either. Uh, and that's why the far left doesn't like liberals. So you've got two factions now who are starting to fight for what they believe in and the establishment. So I'll put it that way. There's the three factions. You got the hard left, the hard right, and you've got the establishment. It's not just going to be one or the other. But I'll tell you, some people might think the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so if you've got people on the left and the right saying, why not divorce? And then you've got the establishment people saying, no, no, keep the country going. At what point do Proud Boys hold a like negotiating meeting with uh, negotiations with Rose City Antifa or whatever? And they say, I'll tell you what, you guys, by all means, do your autonomous zone here. We'll do our autonomous zone here and we'll provide support for each other because we're up against the establishment. How long until something like that happens? Honestly, I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it feels that way when you see a city of 800 people be like, nah, to the government, declaring themselves exempt or defiant to these lockdowns. It's an autonomous zone. What's the difference? Of course, they're adhering to standard rule of law in the Constitution, but it's autonomous from these authoritarian edicts. I'll leave it there. Of course, I always say we'll see how it plays out, but I got more segments coming up later. Interesting stuff. Donald Trump, uh, retweeting a statement about arresting the governor of Georgia. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the news. That'll be at 4 p.m. And you can find it by going to your address bar in your browser and typing in youtube.com slash Timcast and hitting enter. Boom, new channel. Or you can search YouTube for Tim Pool. That's the other channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then.